Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Hallelujah. God is good. And all the time, thank you to the band. I greet everyone in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And special greetings to our parents, to Pastor Harold and Auntie Maud. Thank you so much for the privilege to come and minister at home. It's always so good to be at home as a son in the house of the Lord. And uh, as it is month, the month of October, and this is the month of prayer, and under the title of prayer, God's weapon of mass destruction. And in my message today, I'll also be speaking on prayer, and my message is based on the life of Daniel. Before we continue, I'd like to open up in prayer. Father, I thank you for your word. I decrease as you increase, less of me and more of you. May you touch the families that are represented here. I thank you, O oh God, for anyone that is here that is desperate, for anyone that is here that says, if only I could touch the hem of his garment. I thank you, O oh God. You provide a solution. Tonight, Almighty God, we thank you for breakthrough. Lord, I pray for this message. We worship you and we give you praise. And everybody said... What a beautiful title under the theme, Prayer, God's Weapon of Mass Destruction. And when I looked at the theme, when I looked at the title, I thought about a weapon. What is a weapon used for? A weapon is used to inflict harm. A weapon is used to defend. A weapon is used to attack. And right now, when we also look at mass destruction, it's not speaking of one person, but it's speaking of a group of people. It's speaking of collateral damage. So tonight, the month of October, we are all called to pray prayers that will inflict pain to the spirit, to the spiritual dark forces. We are, everyone is called to pray prayers that will bring terror to the spirit of darkness. Prayers that will shake things in the atmosphere. Prayers that will change circumstances. Prayers that will change the environment. Amen. And with that said, so every one of us has called to prayer. Why should we pray? Because the word instructs us to pray. It is written in, your, in the word that we should pray without ceasing. The word of God continues to say that if we do not pray, we are sinning. So if you don't pray, you are sinning. In the book of Samuel, it says that, Samuel says, Be it far from me that I should not pray for you. Be it far from me that I should sin by not praying for you. So everyone that is here, we are all called to pray. Because when we pray, chains are broken. When we pray, yokes are broken. When we pray, things move in the spirit when we pray. And today, in my message, I aim to answer the question, what does it take to pray prayers that will move mountains? What will it take to pray prayers that will shake the atmosphere? Prayers that will shake, that will bring terror in the camp of the enemy. 
And I've got three points that I'd love to discuss. And all those three points, they cut across the life of Daniel. So if you could turn with me to the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 1, and we'll read from verse 1 up until verse 5. Daniel chapter 1, it reads as follows. In the third year of the reign of Joachim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put them in the treasure house of his God. Verse 3, then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring in some of the Israelites from the, from the royal family and the nobility. Verse 4, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude of every kind of learning and well-informed and quick to understand. Just to provide a background, this is what, what happened when Daniel became a foreigner in Babylon. Babylon was famous for idol worship. Babylon was famous for not having the fear of God. And what we learn from Daniel is the character, the person that did not compromise. He did not allow the situation, the circumstances to change him. The environment didn't change him. He changed the environment. And now as we read in verse 8, this is where the character of Daniel comes out. Still under chapter 1, Daniel chapter 1, but verse 8, it says, But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself. So for Daniel said, yes, the other young people, they can eat the food, they can eat the meat, but I, as Daniel, I choose not to eat this meat, this meat that has been offered to idols. So to everyone that is here, as we read the story, I'm here to tell, to tell someone that is here, that someone this weekend, someone this evening, will make a decision to say, I will not defile the Lord. I make a decision not to defile the Lord. I will not go there. I will not look at that. I choose to separate myself from the things of this world. Amen. And so Daniel did not defile himself. So point number one, in making sure that we are able to pray prayers that bring terror Prayers of mass destruction, point number one, we need to take heed and live a life of righteousness. Being in right standing with the Lord. Daniel did not compromise. Daniel did not conform. Daniel was not on a mission to fit in. Daniel didn't want to fit in. He said, I will not fit in. I will be separated. Daniel understood the importance of being different. And to everyone that is here, during the month of October, I'm here to challenge everyone to say, let us look at our lives. Let us have a moment of introspection. Are we, are we, our lives, do they represent Christ? Let us, during this time, as we will be praying, as we'll be interceding, because as we read here, Daniel was set apart for a season as such. And as we continue reading, we will see how God 
worked through Daniel's life. Daniel understood the importance of righteousness. Daniel understood that his relationship with God was more important than anything else. Daniel understood that his life depended on his relationship with God. Daniel didn't choose to fit in. He said, I won't be ordinary because he knew he's not called to be ordinary, but he's called to be set apart to be different. In the world, people will test you and say, experiment this, try this, do this. And I'm here to say, none of us is called to be experimenters. We are called to be set apart. We are called to be different. We are called to be different and not to be experimenting at the risk, at the risk of being separated from God. So yes, people may test, your friends may test, but God has not called us to be testing. God has called us to be set apart, right standing with the Lord. When you are righteous, when your relationship with God, when you work on that relationship with God, there then flows the power of God through your prayers. Therein, as you pray, circumstances change. As you pray, situations change. As you pray, you bring terror to the forces of darkness. Because, <clears throat> because of our right standing with the Lord, we should never underestimate to ensure that we maintain, that we uphold the right standing with the Lord. We should never compromise. To everyone that is here, do people where you work, do they know that you do not compromise? Do people where you work, do they know that there are certain jokes that you will not entertain? Do people where you work, do they know that this, not with this man? In the book of Second Peter, and I will turn there in the interest of time. Second Peter, or rather First Peter chapter 3, reading from verse 12, it says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And then it provides a definition of what we mean when we say righteous in the Amplified. It says, those who are upright and in right standing with God. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears is attentive to their prayers. So when we pray, mountains move because we are righteous, because we are in good standing with the Lord. And to everyone that is here, this is a challenge. What are you going to change in this week to make sure that you get closer to God? What are you going to do differently to make sure that you remove anything that will defile your body, anything that will remove you from that which God wants to do through your life? So point number one, in the quest of trying to answer the question, what will it take to pray prayers that bring terror to the kingdom of darkness, righteous living? Point number two, invest time in the secret place with the Lord. Hallelujah. Invest time in the secret place with the Lord. Every man and woman needs a time to touch the hem of his garment in the secret place. And in sharing a testimony just after I was born again, while I was still at high school, and I had just learned the importance of devotion time. Some people call it quiet time. And uh, I remember I was at high school, at a boarding school, and when I came home, having understood the importance of quiet time, in my bedroom at home, I used to have a sign that says, do not disturb, like you have in a hotel. 
do not disturb, and immediately after, it will say, prayer in operation. <laughs> and then right underneath, in the interest to help my mother, because my mother will be saying, when are you going to clean, when are you going to clean? I'll say, Philippians chapter 1, be anxious of nothing, don't worry, I will clean. <laughs> So to the, to the young people, I basically graduated from what they call the fear of missing out. As we all know, the definition, or rather the acronym of the fear of missing out, which is FOMO. I graduated from FOMO, and I moved to JOMO. What is JOMO? The joy of missing out. And never underestimate the time that needs to be spent in the secret place. In the secret place, power is released in the secret place. That is why in the secret place, cancer is broken in the secret place. In the secret place, TV is broken in the secret place. In the secret place, depression is broken in the secret place. And to anyone that is here, that is going, anyone that is here or online, Anyone that is going through any form of persecution, whether it be at home, whether it be in the family, whether it be at work, I'm here to encourage you to say, spend time in the secret place. Spend time in the secret place. Because in the secret place, that's where you get your energy. In the secret place, vision is released. In the secret place, there is direction. Remain in the secret place. God is waiting for us. In the secret place. In the secret place, there is fire. As you pray in the secret place, God answers you in the public. And um, that was point number two, that we need to invest time in the secret place. Because in order to pray prayers that will change the environment, in order to pray prayers that will change circumstances, in order to pray, pray prayers that will change situations, in order to pray prayers that will change the trajectory of a family, we need to invest time in the secret place. And yes, after spending time in the secret place, you come into the house of the Lord to enjoy corporate anointing. Because when we are all prayed up from our secret place, when we come together, there is an explosion in the spirit. And the third point, which is also very short, which I'd want to discuss. But before I even get to the third point, I'd like us to turn to Daniel chapter 6, and we will read from verse 7. Daniel chapter 6, and we will read from verse 7. And it reads like this, but just to provide background, Daniel was a man of integrity. The people of his time could not find any fault with him. Daniel, people tried many things. They tried to put traps, but they could not win. And as we read here, we see a trap that is about to be formed because Daniel was a man that would never compromise. And the people, out of a spirit of jealousy, they said, let us find a way to trap Daniel. Daniel chapter 6, and we'll read from verse 7, and it reads as such, the royal administrators, 
the prefects, the satraps, the advisors, and the governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or man during the next 30 days, except to you, referring to King Darius, except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Verse 8, now, O king, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. But as we read verse 10, we realize that Daniel, in a moment where he knew that he would be persecuted, we see the solution, how he responds to the rumors of the fact that he will be thrown in the lion's den. Verse 10. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. I stopped there. Where did he go to? Upstairs room. Speaking of the secret place. So yes, he heard that he will be persecuted. He heard that they're going to throw him in the lion's den. But he was unperturbed. What he did, he went to his upstairs room and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. So point number two, when we invest time with God in the secret place, there is no need to worry. There is no need to worry about the outside forces. There is no need to worry what people are saying. There is no need to worry about rumors. There is no need to worry about he said or she said. His focus was the upside room. His focus was spending time with God. Amen. Amen. Point number three. The third point in ensuring that whatever we do, what does it take to ensure that we pray prayers? that breaks Satan's power for our families. Pray prayers that change the future of our families. That even when the enemy has said that in this family, you will live up until the age of 55, but through your prayers, you break Satan's power through your prayers to say, not in our time, not in my lifetime. Even when the enemy or the people have said that in this family, this family will be people of drunkards, people that will not amount to anything. You break it in the secret place through prayer. Daniel, point number three, another thing that we can learn from Daniel's life. Daniel was consistent in his prayer. He was consistent in reading the word of God. Consistency leads to breakthrough. And so to everyone that is here and to everyone that is online, I encourage you, be consistent in your work with God. As you, let it be that prayer will not be an event, but it will be a lifestyle. Let it be that prayer will not be dependent on how you feel. It will not be dependent on the outside world, but it is in it, in you. It is a lifestyle. It is a way of living. The disciples, they said to Jesus, teach us how to pray. Teach us so that we make it a lifestyle. Teach us so that it is habit, so that prayer is a habit. Teach us how to pray. Prayer, being consistent in the prayer closet with God. Because as we read here with Daniel, as we continue to read, still in, in Daniel chapter 6 verse 10, it says, three times a day he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. 
just as he had done before, not only when he was old, not only when he was young, he has been praying consistently. He has been seeing breakthrough after breakthrough. Prayer has been done consistently. It is life. It is a habit to pray consistently. The life of Daniel. And with everything that Daniel has done, God changed the situation around. Where in Babylon, where Babylon was famous for idol worship, where the king had said, had issued a decree that anyone who prays to a foreign god except me, we will throw them into the den of lion. But God, through the life of Daniel, he turned it around. God, through the life of Daniel, he turned it around. And this evening, I'm here to tell someone that is here that God is waiting for you to turn things around. God is waiting for you to live a righteous life for him. Because as we read, that the very same king that issued a decree to say that people should pray to him, but having observed Daniel's life, having observed Daniel's consistency, having observed Daniel's steadfastness in the things of God, it touched the king's heart. That still in Daniel chapter 6, reading from verse 25, it's reading from 20, verse 25, it says, Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language throughout the land, May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. Hallelujah. Daniel's life was evangelism on its own. His commitment to prayer, it moved the king to change his heart, to say the nation around here, thou shalt not pray Thou shalt not worship any other God but the true living God, the God of Daniel. And during this time of October, with everything that is taking place in the country, with everything that is taking place in our lives, God is calling us. God is calling us to pray prayers. God is calling us to travail in the spirit. God is calling us to be serious with him. God is calling us to be committed. God is calling us for us to make a decision and say, I will live for Christ. I will never go there. I will never listen to that. I will never hang around with those people. I will change my mind. I will not think in that way anymore. Like Daniel did. His life was a ministry that the king's heart was touched and then he changed. From now on, no one will worship anyone but the God that Daniel is praying to. And as I draw closer to the end of my message, I would like to discuss another story of a man who's not in the Bible, but whose man was also who was touched to pray for the nation, to pray for his nation, to travail for his nation. And this man goes by the name of John Wesley. To some people, they know him as the man who saved England. John Wesley, during his time, it was at a time when England, where there was a lot of sexual immorality, it was a time in Europe, not only in England, in Europe, 
where there was a lot of idol worship. It was a time during John Wesley's time when there was what they called the bloody revolution. And John Wesley in his heart, he prayed to God that what is taking place in Europe, let it pass England. It will not happen in England. And he prayed and he travailed and he's known as the man that saved England because of his prayers. And now recently, a few students, theological students, they left from different places with their lecturer and they went to see the house where John Wesley stayed. And as they went in, they went to the kitchen, they observed the kitchen, they went to his study, they saw the study, they saw the desk, and then they went to the bedroom. And when they got to the bedroom, they saw the bed and they saw a little carpet that was worn out from the knees of John Wesley. John Wesley understood the importance of consistency in prayer, that as he prayed, the carpet had holes, that till today, that carpet has still has holes because of the prayers of John Wesley. And England was saved. England was saved from the revolution, the revolution of wickedness. England was saved from alcoholism. England was saved from prostitution. England was saved from all the things that take place in our countries. And then, once the students had seen the place, they left the house and they got to the car, to their transport, and the lecturer observed that one of the students is not in the car, he's left behind. He went back inside the house and he found one student right there when John Wesley used to pray, kneeling down and praying and said, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again, and this time through me. And to everyone that is here, as we'll be having prayer next week Friday, as we'll be having prayer next week Saturday, and we're having prayer as well Sunday night, God is calling for people that will say, God, do it again. Do it for me. Do it through me in this generation. Do it for me through this generation. Enough is enough with what is happening in the country. I will travail. I will pray. I will sacrifice. I will consecrate myself. I will dedicate myself to prayer. And so family, praying prayers that bring that are a weapon of mass destruction there is a cost to it there is a cost to it john wesley did it in his time and the student the student that was praying it was found that his name is billy graham many years ago we have now known we've come to know billy graham and i want to say that during this time of prayer May God touch you. May God work in your heart. May God move you. May the prayer muscles be stretched. May you allow God to say, use me, Lord. Enough is enough. I've been there. I've looked at that. I've had it. This time around, I'm going to do it your way. Not my way, but your way. I decrease as you increase. And as you pray, God will hear you. As you pray, and you pray in the word of God, and you say, Lord, use me now. Right now, I, I lift up my hands to the hills. Where does my help? come from my help come from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth
For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.